Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back home from your vacation. Anthony, how are you today? Wow, this is a different intro. I'm very good. How are you? I'm great. Let's go ahead and welcome all of our listeners. Welcome back to another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is again determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. And I'm a little nervous that I'm going to be thrown off my game again with nice Tom all night. I'm Anthony. Um, Anthony, it looks like you had a pretty decent little vacation, step away from work, leaving the real world. Oh my God, it was the best vacation. We went to Aruba, we stayed at the Ritz-Carlton, it was nonstop like drinking and eating for a full week. My blood is finally returning back to blood and not booze infused like through my veins. It was great. I got through four books, three of which are Christmas books, which are awesome. Uh, The water was perfect. There are no waves in Aruba, so you can literally like just go out and because the sun is so intense because you're so close to the equator, like I'd read in the ocean because there are no waves knocking about. So that was fun. And there's just, yeah. There are no waves? No, it's completely flat down there and like perfectly clear ocean. That's crazy. Yep. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, when you get farther out, there are waves, like when you take a boat out or like the jet skis like we did, but yeah. Yeah. But it's calm waters, like. Calm waters. And you can walk pretty far out. Yeah. That's my kind of ocean. It was... It was magical, guys. It was this trip was for my mom's 60th birthday. So my parents went, me and my sister went, uh, Sarah and my sister's fiance. And my sister's fiance actually brought his mom too because she hadn't been on vacation in like years. So it was a big, nice family trip. Oh. We had di- we had a surprise dinner on the beach for her at, at sunset, which was awesome. And yeah. Mm-hmm. She does not look 60, by the way. She will be very glad to hear that. I'll pass that message on because wow. she does not listen to the podcast like none of she our parents She won't listen. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so you're really missing out, Mom. Yes, but my parents look very good for their age. So. Oh, they do. That's going to be you guys when you get to that no age. No way. That's a compliment. That's not an age joke. No way. I'm going to be old and cranky. Get off my lawn! Uh, well, then... Ju- Okay, Tom, you and I will be Statler and Waldorf, but Julia will definitely look good for her six days. She's married! <laughs> I want to yeah. age like Kate Blanchett. That's all I ask. Yeah, she's cool. But yeah, back to reality. Cool. Back to reality. That's always the hardest part. And the airport down there sucks. Flying back. 
because they have you go in, check in, check your bags, go through security, reclaim your bags, go through customs, check your bags again. The whole process, yeah, it's ridiculous. It takes like you like you say you need to be at an airport three hours before an international flight. Like you need almost four at this place. There's like no air condition in the airport. They said they were I've doing it because it's such a popular like tourist spot, but the it was awful. Uh, but and that but eased back into like I came home depressed with the post vacation blues, but it's real fall here, guys. All the colors are at their peak. You know, it's cool and you know gloomy out, and it's perfect and. The Davis drops is November 1st, so our Christmas decorations will have started going up. So how cool is that? Oh, man. I'm so ready. It is that time of year time can slow down. It has to. I'm sorry. I got a lot to do. It does. It better slow. But I was not the only one who was away. How was your weekend away with band camp, Julia? Not band camp, but marching band. Uh, Yeah. So I was in a lot less glamorous locale than you were. I got to go to Indianapolis (laughs) for... For one full day and two partial days of just driving. So it was a whirlwind trip. It was not a relaxing trip, but it was a rewarding trip because I got to watch my two oldest kids perform at the Bands of America Super Regionals in Indianapolis, Indiana. So I got to watch them march on the Colts field in Lucas Oil Stadium, which was like super duper cool. Funny story. Ethan... um, All the kids were lined up for prelims, which is like the first performance they do of the day. And it's what qualifies you for finals if you do well enough. So like they're all insanely nervous because one, none of them have ever marched in an indoor enclosed stadium and none of them have ever marched in something as dang big as Lucas Oil Stadium. So they're all terrified. And Ethan looks over at his buddy that plays the saxophone and his friend has like tears in his eyes. And Ethan's like, I felt like I was going to throw up because I was so nervous. And so I assumed he was nervous. And so he was like, hey, man, you okay? And his friend looked at him and he goes, I'm going to be on the same field as NFL football players and I get to march on it. And that is like life changing. Oh, that's <laughs> so like, cute. How precious is that? So it was a great weekend out of 64 bands, most of them from Indiana, which if anybody knows marching band, Indiana is a marching band powerhouse state in the same way that Texas Yay! is. Um, our kids way to go, night. Julia's kids. Wow. Out of 64 bands. That's amazing. Pretty great. Yeah. So were they happy with out that? Of the two, they were very happy with that. Good for I mean, them. as parents, we obviously think it like totally should have been higher because our kids are amazing and our show is so awesome. But like, I am not complaining one bit. It's the best they've performed their show to date. So that's all I was asking for. So it was fun and we're exhausted. I let the kids skip school today and I worked from home because I'm really tired. I'm, so, so. I'm surprised Hannah wanted to skip school. I thought you said she was like Hermione and hated skipping school and didn't like making up work. She she skipped the first half of school and she went for the second half of the day. Ah. So – she was pretty tired. <laughs> Ethan what was happy bum. to skip. He slept until noon. <laughs> <laughs> what a bum. So you don't want to It was great though. Second. It was a good weekend. What this a weekend Tom, was, how was your pocus pa- weekend week at Casa de Crow. Weekend for you. Uh, so we all sported our hocus pocus shirts. We got a hocus pocus <gasps> banner, watched hocus pocus, made some so hocus cool. pocus 
themed foods and crafts. Went and looked at uh, Halloween decorations and did a Halloween decoration scavenger hunt. And today we celebrated my mother-in-law's birthday. Aw, yeah, happy good. birthday, so Christine's mom. Um, Hocus Pocus, speaking of, the sequel has officially started shooting, but... They are they uh, oh, are rad. actually shooting at my soon to be brother in law's old high school right now. Yeah. Wow! Yes, super cool. I told my sister she wants to get me the perfect like Christmas gift ever, since they're just like not far from set. Get me like a picture with for of this of them in costume and signed like to Anthony like from the Sanderson sisters. I just that would be amazing. That would be magical. Go ahead. Um, sorry, uh, I just on. got an autographed no, 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 no. edition Please. copy of book two of Wildwood series. I don't know if you all know that by Colin Malloy and uh, illustrated by Carson Ellis. You all know them? No? Okay. Never mind. The name sounds yeah. familiar. Oh, Colin Malloy is the lead singer of the December. Oh, yeah, you're going to tell us what they're wife, about. Carson Ellis, the absolutely sorry. famous, unbelievable artist. So, uh, I haven't read it yet. I mean the oh. I mean the series. Oh, oh, you should. It's a, <laughs> oh, it's you made it sound novel. like it was a it's series. A, we should know like all. Of it's the like a young about. adult fantasy novel series. It's ninety two percent on Google. It's it's like famous. <clears throat> it's pretty awesome. Uh, but I am excited to read it with Ellie. And now I have a copy I look that she can't touch. Uh, <laughs> Something else you should read with Ellie and Julia with your kids, J.K. Rowling's A Christmas Pig, which I fin- I read over vacation. Okay. It was, guys, it was, like, magical. And I know, like, okay. people have problems through nowadays, whatever, but this book was, like, peak J.K. Rowling, like, early Harry Potter type, like, where it's, like, so innocent and everything. Takes place on Christmas yeah. Eve, has all that Christmas magic. It will undoubtedly be turned into like a Netflix film or something over the next few years, and I can't wait. It's like it's almost like a Christmassy Toy Story almost, I would say. Ooh. Yeah. But it's good. And I also read Eight Bit Christmas, which is like a Christmas story in the eighties almost, where the kid really wants like a Super Nintendo for Christmas back yeah. when they first come out. Um, we're covering the movie version, which comes out on HBO Max later this year, starring Neil Patrick Harris and June Diane Raphael. It's on our schedule. So I wanted to read it before the movie okay. came out, but it was good. And I also read something called The Matzo Ball, which is like a Hallmark movie waiting to happen. Like literally the synopsis in the cover starts, oi to the world, because it's about this Jewish girl who uh, <laughs> who loves Christmas. She just doesn't find Hanukkah magical. So she's like a world famous Christmas author under a pen name because her parents would like freak out if she knew she was writing Christmas books. So she has like a whole Christmas office that she keeps locked and like uh, her publisher wants her to write a Hanukkah romance now because she's Jewish and they want to lean into that. So she decides she realizes her ex from camp way back in the day is in town and they're in this giant matzo ball on Christmas Eve for Jewish people and she decides to scam a ticket by volunteering and of course 
romance happens and she starts loving her holiday and I'm reading it and like this is a Hallmark movie waiting to happen but it was enjoyable that is definitely a Hallmark movie and apparently the matzo balls are real things which I didn't know until I posted like that book on Facebook and my former boss who was Jewish said she used to go all the time when she was quote young fun and single yeah like the matzo ball soup Oh, a matzo ball. But it's yeah. also a the matzo is a pot. It's a, a pot. Yeah, that they make. Gotcha. Took me a minute. Called matzo. Matzo ball. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but but it was it was a. I mean, <laughs> they were they were very easy reads. They were beach reads, and I loved every second of all of them. So highly recommend them to everyone. And speaking of that last one, have you all been? Falling asleep to the Hallmark Christmas movies at night? Because I have. Oh, yes. Last night was just wonderful. Coming home from a long drive, Marty and I are exhausted. It's cold outside, so our room is chilly. And Hallmark is on TV. Just, and I'm like, it couldn't get more perfect It's just a perfect thing to fall asleep to. Like, it's the perfect thing to unwind to. Turn off your brain and just unwind. Yeah. Because you don't usually get engaged enough to where you're like, oh, I'm going to really want to see how this one ends. Because you already know how it's going to end. Exactly. It's wonderful. And I do have to bring up real quick something else that's wonderful. We talked about briefly off mic, but we haven't talked about on mic yet. The Batman looks amazing. So the Batman trailer looked amazing. Yes, it does. It looks gorgeous. It just cinematography wise looks gorgeous. It does. Yes. And so does the Flash. Did you see the Flash teaser with Keaton? No. Keaton's voiceover asking Barry Allen, you said you can go through time, go to any timeline. Why do you want to fight to save this one? And you don't see him at all until the end when Barry Allen's like, you win. And then it's a backward shot of Keaton's like big old cowl with the ears in the cave. And I'm like, oh, such a tease. And then the final shot of the trailer is Barry Allen, the Flash, going over to this big vehicle covered in a white tarp. And he whips it off and you just get a small glimpse of the front of the Batmobile before it cuts to black and you just see him hear him oh my god like <laughs> can we get to the movie because uh, I like how you're, you're dragging this intro talk out which would a week I that I had. I'm totally uh, it's been a week I missed you guys I think we have an important all. announcement to make um I'm I totally think we have an important announcement to make. There were some Christmas podcast awards from MyMerryChristmas.com. What? And Tis the Podcast won the Ladies' Choice Award. So to all of you ladies out there, thank you. That's for right. For us. Monday mornings are ladies' night here. So sit back. Let me... <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> and I'm we pretty will sure there was never win this award again. There was some sort of some sort of problem. I I don't know how we won that award. <clears throat> and let's face it, ladies, we all know you're here really for Julia, and because she's the one with the best voice on this show, so you could probably just. You probably just feel bad because you know what it's like to wrangle children and immature husbands and <laughs> hearing Julia do that for an hour to two hours every week. You're like, oh, let's we're going to vote for her in the show. <laughs> I 
And now Julia's sitting here she looking all modest, it. but she knows people listen for her. <laughs> Did she freeze? Oh, no, there she is. No, I'm watching this flash trailer. Give me just a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to see it. I'm so sorry. I'll mute again. <laughs> I think Ezra makes a great flash. I really, really like him as Flash. I do, too. I haven't watched I'm the show on, on the CW, so and people say that that's their favorite Flash, that he's a better Flash. In the show, do you think he was a better Flash? They're different Flashes. They're different Flashes. I mean, he, he gets the benefit of, like, he gets a whole series to flush out his character and grow and stuff. It's, it's true. different from a guy who only gets a movie. And he hasn't had a solo film yet, so. But I really like him as a Flash. You're good. So you're looking forward to this, Julia. Sorry, Tom. Nice. I am. Quite. You are also looking forward to what's about to happen, right? We I'm looking are forward discussing to getting it over the with. 1964 sci-fi comedy attempt attempt Santa Con- Claus conquers the no. Martians. <laughs> For those of you who have not seen this movie, congratulations. The overall plot is Consider yourselves Martian lucky. kids somehow have TVs and they're watching TV in America and they're obsessed with Santa Claus. They become so depressed they won't eat their food pills or sleep without sleep spray. So the Martians call up some old 800-year-old dead dude to tell them that they need Santa Claus. In which, to which they hop on a spaceship, go to Santa Claus. They find a lot of Santa Clauses and don't know which one to get. So for some reason, they decide talking to a group of, uh, they decide talking to a couple kids, kidnap them, go to the North Pole, kidnap Santa after shooting the elves with some sort of weird gun and uh, try to get Santa to help all the kids on Mars. Will it work? Well, I mean, a crappy movie like this, of course, everything's going to turn out perfect. My history, I'll start. <laughs> okay, so are we ready to rank history, it? I watched, I've seen it around <laughs> forever and thought it was terrible. I watched it today and found out my that there are, in fact, some movies you can judge by the cover. Julia, how about you? <laughs> um, I think I caught snippets of it on MS33K. They covered this, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And I, but I don't think I saw the entire MST3K on it um, because that goofy Martian was about the only thing that seemed familiar to me. Um, yeah, it is a perfect movie for a mystery science theater 3000. So the first time I watched this was during Elvira's movie Macabre during one of her late night shows where they play the movies and she would make fun of them during commercials. Um <sighs> And this is one of them. And let me tell you, this movie is only worth watching if you have someone mocking it the whole time, like Elvira or MST3K, because if you try to watch this movie alone with a critical eye, oh boy, I, not not to put the cart in front of the horse, y'all, but I think, we, at least for me personally, I have a new, yeah, yeah, this is competing with Kirk Cameron saving Christmas here for bottom of the list. It is bad. <sighs> not even like, 
Good, bad. I don't know. We'll get we'll get yeah. Which according to Wikipedia, a lot of people say it's so bad it's good, and that's why it has a cult status. And that's why I guess people have been asking us to do this for years now, wondering when we're going to do it. Well, I hope you're happy, listeners, because we're finally covering it, and I'm excited because we get to put it in the rearview mirror. <laughs> I hope you're happy. <laughs> I hope you're happy. Look what you made me do. Where art thou? Oh, brother. Also, why did the aliens speak so much Yiddish? Anyway, we'll get into that one. <laughs> well, so many questions about Martian culture. Yeah. And its similarities, <laughs> but differences from. All right. So let's go through the cast, crew, people who forced us to be subjected to this movie. Um, who I don't know the guy stuff. I'm probably not going to know most of this because this movie came out before my mom was born. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you all. This guy was. Well, I, this is his most well-known feature film. Um, it was originally reviewed as a children's film adults won't mind sitting through, though it was later listed as one of the 50 worst films of all time and mocked by multiple, uh, by Mr. Science Theater 3000 and other such riff track type things, thus ensuring its ongoing cult status. So thanks, Mystery Science Theater. No, we should have watched couldn't the let Mystery this one Science die. Some movies are just worth sure. letting die. <laughs> Yes, that's what we. Well, that's a done. that's a question I had. Do you think if we had watched this Science live together, we would have enjoyed it more? Would have liked it more. Absolutely. So, Nicholas Webster yes. did the film In Search 100%. of Leonard Nimoy, uh, Appointment with Destiny, Man Beast, Myth or Monster, uh, and then had a lot of parts in TV shows. Um, favorite Nicholas Webster. I'm kidding. This movie is based on a None. based on a story <laughs> by Paul L. Jacobson. Glenville Morris wrote the film itself, and uh, he has this, and that is it to his name. Oof. I guess Hollywood didn't Our want to give him any more work after they saw this. Played by John Call. That's rough. Who is known for this, the Anderson tapes, the kid from left field, the young man with ideas, um, nothing big. Um, and by hero, you mean Santa, right? Oh, yeah. Santa Claus. You said yeah. he plays our hero, but you didn't mention who he Kim played. He plays Santa Claus, right? It was good. Hey, what did you think of his look? Yeah, I didn't think... He, I thought he looked like the best thing in the whole movie. His laugh was awful. Yes. Too much of it. And I want to read what IMDb says. Tall, deep-voiced character actor <laughs> who starred on screen in the lamentable Santa Claus Conquers the Martians... 
which may have taken him some time to live down. <laughs> time to live down. Hmm. May have taken him some time. Um, like Firepower from 1979, and his acting career went all the way up until 1982. Um, nothing terribly big for him either. You know a movie's bad when Voodoo lets you watch for free Ooh. without even like charging at least 99 cents. And thank God they let me watch this for free. Because if I had to buy, spend even five bucks on this movie, I would have demanded a refund. Anyway. Uh, Ropo is played by Bill McCrutchen, who was known for his work in Steel Magnolias and Hot Stuff, as well as Mr. Destiny. Well, talk about an upgrade. Yeah, he at the very end of, of Steel Magnolias, he's Weezer's love interest, which always made me laugh. Oh, he's the one she was that she wanted to be with. Yeah. Uh, well, he's all Poindexter, and yeah, at the end they get kind of thrown together, and it's just so funny to me. I'm already bored with our own episode, y'all. <laughs> Julia, you heard from you had some info about our little girl here, the little girl, Martian girl Girmar, who is Pia Zadora. Yeah, so the name was familiar to me because of a, a movie I love, Troop Beverly Hills. Um, at the end of that movie, when they're doing that big fashion show, the lifestyles of the rich and famous guy set, introduces one of the models as Pia Zadora. And that's the only reason I know that name is because of Troop Beverly Hills. But Pia Zadora is one of those actresses that is known for being herself in a lot of stuff, which usually means some crap went down in her life where she can escape by with being a Kim Kardashian, right? Famous for being herself for whatever reason. And it turns out she's got some junk <laughs> that went on in her life that has made her a name, um, such as. She was arrested on charges she scratched and choked her autistic son after he refused to go to bed, which resulted in a SWAT standoff after he called the police. The case against her was dismissed after she completed alcohol and impulse control counseling. Her husband, who was home at the time, was fired from his job as deputy sheriff four months later for refusing to cooperate with police during the incident. He filed a lawsuit against the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department and later claimed his constitutional rights had been violated. What? That's crazy. <laughs> her dad, that's insane. The husband was deputy sheriff. That's amazing. How about that? Ellie so, is in a Girl Scout troop that is in Hollywood. <laughs> that's called Troop Anywhere. Like anybody can join it, but they're based in Hollywood. So she's in two Girl Scout troops. And I just call them Troop Beverly Hills. She also was. Yeah, as you uh, should. Dr. Nora, the voice of Dr. Nora on Frasier. And a Naked Gun 33 and a half, Favorite Deadly Sins, um, all as, yeah. Like oh, wow. Said she played herself. Because I don't know what I How think have we not talked about we the fact Frazier's coming back, by the way? We um, have. Especially without Martin, since he's dead. It'd be weirder if they brought him back. Well, Daphne is a psychic, so we Three might hear from him some more. <laughs> um, it's valid. 
you realize that Martin was when the series started? I mean, that doesn't surprise me. That guy's a vampire. Um, I mean, we talked about our hero, Santa Claus. We talked about his two kid friends, right? Billy and Betty. His two kid friends? The ones who get him kidnapped? Yeah, we talked about them. We talked about the two kids that ultimately are the ones that precipitated the entire thing. Bomar and Girmar, right? That's the Martian kids. And we talked about the Dropo, nice Martian, Dropo, Dropo. Kimar. We talked about the mean Martian, Voldar. So, so there is somebody well, I want to mention. No, it's Mrs. Claus, Doris Rich, who does not have a big part. But I wanted to mention her because this is the first wow. appearance of Mrs. Claus ever on film. Wow. Interesting. I didn't know that. This film? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She made an impact. It's the first documented case of uh, Mrs. Claus. That is correct. That's because it beat Rudolph by three weeks. I guess they rushed this through. Oh, wow. They were in a race against time. And you know... And you know what? I will uh, pretend this doesn't exist because whatever you think of Rudolph, we can agree that Rudolph is better than this piece. So... uh, I would agree with that. Somehow this movie cost $200,000. I thought it looked like it was made with $12 and like a fruit tray. Was the budget. $200,000 in the 60s? What does that even translate to now? A lot of green paint involved. One point seven million dollars. That's insane. That this looks I've seen student films better than this. And can we just say, by the way, that if aliens ever do discover the planet Earth, which Stephen Hawking says said stop trying to reach them because you don't know what's gonna happen, I predict they're gonna be very angry at this planet because of ridiculous portrayals like this, because I would be. I'd be like, you know what? Y'all done messed up. Um one other interesting bit of trivia I read, because IMDB trivia always makes me laugh. For all its foibles, the movie did predict the existence of the U.S. Space Force. Oh my gosh, it did. (laughs) The kid totally (laughs) says the Space Force is going to (laughs) come. So the scene opens up with these weird Martian kids. Um, They are are joyless. They're They're devoid of joy. They can't sleep with, with the sleep most play. ridiculous names too. You find out their mom is called Mommer, and their dad and their king is called well, Kimmer. And like when they come like, up with the month, the stupidest they, they names. They didn't even try. What month it is? But, it's September. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the I kids are unhappy, and mom and dad are are worried about them. They're like, something's wrong. They won't sleep without help. They won't eat their food pills. 
which was very curious that it wasn't well, everything that the food was, the was different. Everything it was, was just the, the mode of delivery was different on Mars. So they had the same foods, just in pill form. It makes me laugh. If well, and also we don't know. Yeah. We don't know what their their living conditions are, but they thought it was weird that everybody was living out outside, like uh, in, on Earth, that we weren't underground. Underground. We we do know one thing about their living conditions. They have the same crappy TVs we do. Let me tell you something. If aliens exist and want to take me, I want like the chip in the brain that transports me into the movie. It's like fighting <laughs> alongside Batman. I don't want to be yeah. watching the same TV I have down here. They were not technologically advanced. No, as you would but think they can travel through space in no time at all. That's true. Which I don't. Teleportation is a pretty big thing for me. Yeah, if only that existed, we could record in person every week. <laughs> right? Oh man, so much stuff would get easier. So. Who, talk what does dad year old, to do about his sad? Go sit down and watch some eight year. Yeah, and they watch too much Earth. The names TV. of things too, like oh, they're watching. They're spending so much time watching Earth television. It's like, well, first of all, just turn off the TV. If the problem is they're watching too much TV, be the dang parent and turn it off, right? And also, <laughs> and I'm confused by the term Earth television. It's the same television up there. Well, it's because they're watching you. It's your television too. Shows, just called you know? TV. Like we would say, you're watching HBO, or like you're watching cable versus watching over the air back in the day, you know? Right. I mean, Martian programming probably just sucks. That's why they were watching it. I mean, this their crap didn't look any our crap didn't look any many much better in this film. Well, but that's the thing with Mars, right? And the big baddie Voltar, whatever his name is, he makes the point that kids aren't meant to be happy okay like we're here and we exist to get stuff done not for joy not for fun frivolity none of that so he's like a real conservative he's like uh to to to, uh relate him to somebody else we've covered before another character we've covered he's like the burger meister meister burger santa claus is coming to town like no joy no toys no tv these kids exist to just do their chores, go to school, exist. That's right. But but dad's a little bothered, so mom's the, a little bothered, the, and so they consult the One Oracle. of the worst 50 films of all times with them needing to talk to an 800-year-old Yiddish guy who is their <laughs> sage, who is really sad himself. I mean, you talk about overacting. And his, na- his name is literally... His name is literally yes, the Hebrew yes, word for yes. sage. And he tells them, you need Santa Claus. So we create uh, a Jewish uh, guy <laughs> who just tells them to go and steal the Christian holidays mascot from Earth. Just feels wrong. Uh, <laughs> and some real scumbags with him who don't like this idea. They think it's going to cor- that everything is corrupting Martian youth and things are fine the way they are. Um but when they get close to Earth, they're looking through their spyglass, which is uh, very still somehow, considering the incredible speed they'd have to be traveling at. And they spend a, they must have spent because again, yes, of the, quite. they must have spent a lot of time circling there. But they find all of these Santas, right? And they argue about where Santa is, and they realize there's more than one. So somehow, 
Yeah, they're essentially the mall Santa, so Salvation somehow, Army Santas. Reason, they're all the ones you see around Christmas. They go to the woods and approach two kids who are sitting in the woods by themselves. Also, for some unbeknownst reason, with no real, like, they have, there's, there's no backstory why they're here or who they are. But since the kids saw them, the aliens got to kidnap them. Now, if there's one thing we know from aliens, they abduct but return. They don't try to hide their presence. They've been filmed by the U.S. military for years. We've seen all the tapes released now from, from the military. Uh, so, but I guess they didn't know that at this time, right? Aliens were still like this this feared thing that existed far away. They oh, there's only one Santa, and he's in the North Pole, which. Which, and if I was the real Santa, but, I'd immediately put them on the naughty list for selling the, 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 the <laughs> intro out. show we're watching Common with the knowledge. reporter tells us exactly where Santa is, and he's at the North Pole filming. Also, this is a reminder of just how bad newscasters were in the yeah. 60s. But like the, the plot of the, the writer of this film was terrible because the kids are taken. Well, first of all, there's an alien spotted, and they don't know anything about it, but there's automatically there's a story released right away. These kids are taken. We don't have time to realize they're gone. And there's a newscast broadcast about these two kids taken from this random small place. Well, they get to the North Pole and the aliens take out their their guns. Well, first of all, they send in a robot to grab Santa. And the robot. (laughs) This is what I would like to point out that despite the two hundred thousand dollar budget. They shot this film in under two weeks. So maybe if they had spent more time with this money, they could have might we also some production value. Mention this robot is literally a box. The 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 <laughs> but that I mean, was a in fairness, box. a lot of the robots and back then looked like the that. Tubing, like the aliens have weird helmets for whatever reason. <laughs> and they just use like a natural <laughs> gas line. Like like you would on your your water heater or furnace. It's nothing special. Uh, yeah. So this this robot for I didn't really understand that they say it's becoming a toy, and so the aliens have to go in to get Santa. And when they do, and you know, I need to give the aliens some grace here. You know what? They are smarter than our military industrial complex. Because because I'm surprised that the military industrial complex has never tried to go get Santa themselves. He can see people when they're sleeping. He knows when they're awake. They can travel the world in a night. Why the heck? I, I'm surprised the U.S. military hasn't tried to grab him and experiment on him and make them work for him. So at least these Martians tried to be oh, proactive Anthony. and use this guy for his powers. Anthony, why don't you tell a little of this story? That's the movie I want to see: Santa Claus versus the Space Force. Who's Ooh. the head of who? Who's the head of Space Force? Stay tuned for my next book. Are we talking like Steve Carell? <laughs> no, I want Steve Carell. I still want Steve Carell to play Santa. Say, I found this guns they used were just like plastic toy whammo guns the the kind you pull and let go and they have air come out of them um and that's what they use from kids toys so they shoot these the elves and freeze them shoot mrs claus and kidnap santa somebody else want to take over because 
my commentary is just going to start getting snarkier and snarkier. <laughs> I mean, I don't see anything <laughs> wrong with that. But, um, okay, so then Santa, Billy, and Billy's sister are now on the Martian space. They're on Mars underground with the rest of the Martians. And mm-hmm. Dad Martian basically is like, okay, it's your single job to make my kids happier. And that's your function here. All the while, the bad Martian, Voldar, is trying to kill and them. He's not good at I mean, he's just really in as inept. many ways as he can think of. So first he puts them in an they, airlock. Well, this is a perfect example of bad parenting. We saw great parenting in the Adams family where Gomez and Morticia are like, well, Santa, the kids want Santa, but maybe Santa thinks they're so privileged and won't visit them because there's so many people who have less. So we'll just dress right. up as Santa to make sure they see him. Why didn't the dad do this? No, instead he's like, let's kidnap Santa and force him into slavery to do this for our nope. kids. Nope. Which, by the way, bothers Santa not one bit in this movie. Nor, nor should it. because it Sa- mm. Nor should it, in fairness, because A... It's helping kids, which Santa wants to do. And B, now he gets a taste of his own medicine for giving thousands of L's for eternity to make all They're the toys. They're not enslaved. <laughs> they want to work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... So Santa, there's an, an issue with an airlock where Zoldar was going to try and jettison Billy, his sister, and Santa into deep space so that they would die upon impact with the lack of atmosphere. Um, and that doesn't work because air vents. Um, and then we get Santa making the Martian kids happy simply by laughing, which was a weirdest gem laugh of a, scene of a Santa. That, yeah, and that whole scene lasted entirely too long, where they're just staring at each other laughing. Um, but we also see like the establishment of a North Pole on Mars, where they have an assembly line. No more handmade toys. It's all like, I guess this is our technically advanced, <laughs> technologically advanced Martian race. I'm not sure. But they have an assembly line and a machine that you push a button and it spits out one uh, of a type of toy. And so Santa's like super efficient, guys, to a point where he's it like, looked like the Arthur the Christmas early. workshop. <laughs> so he's doing his job, but not entirely bothered. He's not going back to Earth. But and not bothered that these human nope, everybody's children fi- everybody's fine with that. are taken from their homes and probably have family missing them. Everybody's fine. So even though our Martian friends are our Martian kids are getting happier, the the Earth kids are getting more and more unhappy. And this actually bothers Martian mom. She's like, "Honey, don't you see they miss their family?" And Martian dad's like, I'm sorry, they're crap out of luck because our Martian kids need to be happy. And the only thing that can make them happy is Santa Claus. At so, which point, why do they still need the kids They at don't this need point? the kids, but they're, they're afraid to send them back. <sighs> Stupid. Because they would dumb. tell the world so dumb. of the Martians. Inexplicable. Um, okay, so we have bad Martian Voldars is plotting again. Right. Um, so we're going to throw them out of the Got to get rid of these dang kids and oh, Santa that's... with them. And he's got some henchmen buddies. And so what do they do? They first sabotage this factory, right? Right. Um, 
And, but then they kidnap who they believe is Santa Claus and lock him in a cave. But really, it's Dropo, Kimar's assistant, because he has taken a liking to Santa and tries on one of his spare suits. And when he tries on that spare suit, despite the fact he yes, looks nothing like Santa, he's a that green he's Martian, they kidnap him That's and right. take him away. They're dumb bad guys. No, they can't because they're dumb bad guys. So they're holding him for ransom. Because now they hold all the cards. So they go to Dad Martian, who's quite reasonable, honestly, aside from the fact that he kidnapped Santa and these two children. Like, he's not a mean guy. He's got a pretty level head on his shoulders, you know? That's that's going to be, like, there's some bad person listening to this podcast out there, and you just gave them motive for their uh, <laughs> for their trial one day. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Um, and so he, he he starts to bargain. Voldar starts to bargain with Kumar. Kumar? It's not Kumar. Kimar. Kimar. <laughs> not Kumar. Um, it would have been better. It would have been an ounce better if it was Kumar, probably. That's right. He starts trying to bargain with Kimar because he thinks he holds all the cards. And he's like, well, I have your Santa Claus and you're up a creek without a paddle. And Kimar's like, in his head, you don't got my Santa. I don't know who you have. Here you he is. He's in here. Because Santa's obviously with them. And so they they get the upper hand on the bad guy. And what ensues but a thrilling 23-minute fight sequence between Martian and human kids with Santa laughing maniacally the entire time and our <laughs> bad guys. Yep. Weapons of choice, toys. Toys. And- and I just want to point out to listeners that Julia is not really exaggerating oh, all that much. Out. This scene lasted forever. Yeah. It I felt like it literally felt like a few times. it felt like a third of this 80 minute movie, which, by the way, this movie was 80 minutes. That felt like 800 minutes. This movie dragged. It did. And it really was in these very long moments where we were rolling our eyes that I think all of us probably were curious as to Tom what. Crow. Tom, not Tom Crow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Tom Servo, Crow, like what they would have said in Mystery Science Theater 3000, because you knew it would have been more enjoyable than what was on TV. So they get the upper hand. The bad guys are banished. And what, what does Kimar figure out in the entire process of this fight? Is He figures is out. Sand- would make a What's good name, would be a really good Santa. Dropo would make a good Santa Claus for Mars. Dropo would make a good Santa. And look, now they have the whole thing outfitted where they can produce these toys in mass. So like assembly line is good. Production is up. We don't need you Earth Santa. We're in the black Earth kids. That's right. It's big bucks. We got our thing. And so they send Santa and human children home. After thanking them very much for saving everything. And the movie's over. In, in fairness, there were, it didn't hit well. But there's some kind of nice message there that there's a Santa Claus inside all of us, right? Like, it's the idea of Santa, not Santa himself. That was nice, yeah. I, and Did really? you see that coming? No, I didn't. I didn't either. I mean, well, as soon as Drogo put the Santa like, suit on, I was like, I know. I saw happen. it when he was, when everybody yes. was bullet. When, like, but before they, he put they, it on, they were bullying him and being mean to him on the thing. I'm like, oh, he's going to somehow be our, our Martian Santa. I thought it was kind of, 
I felt I felt it was a little uh, they they made it a little too obvious for my liking. You know There's what's no... not obvious is the title. The title of this movie is very misleading because Santa Claus does no conquering of the Martians. No. The Martians, if anything, conquer Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, I was fully expecting him yeah. to drop the jolly When the, jolly when the kids are fighting the bad guys, Dallas, all he does is laugh. Like, yeah. He lets the but children fight ever. his battle for him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't die, oh children. And also they have all these high-tech weapons. And well, you know, this isn't uh, even... <laughs> A little like nerf pre nerf nerf gun takes them down, it and they don't even look like they're troubled with this stuff. They just keep like like takes during this whole out. scene, they're like, uh, right. uh, uh, and people can't see what I'm doing, but um, it makes no sense as this is how you react to battle. So there is some. So I did want to say real quick. Santa Claus and Conquers the Martians received mostly mostly negative reviews, with most of its positive feedback coming in the form of, quote, the film being so bad it's good. Disagree there. But on Rotten Tomatoes, the film somehow has a miraculous 22% score, which is like 1% less than like Why the theatrical cut of the Justice just League, which just I don't give a crap if you don't bro. like that movie. I don't give a crap if you don't like that movie. They're not in the same league. But it has its critical consensus says, quote, ho, ho, oh, no, end quote, which I thought was <laughs> funny. <laughs> and for all you writers out there, filmmakers, this film is in public domain now. So if you want to do something to, you know, remake it better, go for it. It's public domain. And that should be easy. I mean, there's better. nowhere to go but up. <laughs> oh the pain but in an odd turn of events this has made me really want to revive my mystery science theater 3000 watching yeah me too i can see that but but you know so we've talked about other films that fall into that category that we've covered before and i think this one is in a league of bad of its own compared to even other films it's bad no yes agree i mean it all is of bad them. it is bad did it have a linus they moment that they don't need santa that this um, is good they even actually come out and say thank you for bringing yeah toys to or joy and happiness to the children and joy to the people of marsh of mars or something stupid like that right I would disagree. It's not a Linus moment, though. It's a Linar moment, because that's how they do their names, right? They just had an A-R. I feel like it's more... Is this a a Christmas movie? ...at at September. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's a September movie. It's a movie with Santa in it. That's all it is. Because they're presents. not interested in celebrating Christmas, they need just like they're not, Santa. They're not doing. They just need the man Santa. They're not doing Christmas to bring tree. that no jolly laugh. It's all just the presents. Uh, I'm going to give this movie a point one. Do you think it's a Christmas movie, Anthony? 
No, I don't think it's a Christmas movie. I think this is one of the worst movies we've ever covered, right down there with Kirk Cameron saving Christmas, which is why I am giving it a a zero. I'm going up to 0.25. I'll do 0.5. No, I want point. You want 2.25? 0.25. Which gives us a Oh, it gives us a point. Okay. That gives us an average of 0.25. Which puts it all the way at the bottom of our list, just above. <laughs> nope, just above a lot of stuff. It is just below Jack Frost, nineteen ninety-seven, and it's above all American Christmas carols, the Star Wars holiday special, Crim and Saving Christmas, and a Christmas tale. I think I'd rather watch All American Christmas more than this. But I'll keep where we are. <laughs> Oh, you know something's bad when we want to. I think we should keep it. We want like, to adjust our lowly ranked ones. But keeping yeah. where it is makes sense because there, I do have the hope of what it could be. Watching it with Mystery Science Theater three thousand, or watching it with friends who are outspoken and snarky. Mm-hmm. Speaking of out, speaking of out, speaking of outspoken and snarky. Yes, yes, I agree. You, am I gonna what? Are you gonna? I was gonna say, speak of outspoken, out, uh, outspoken snarky. Are you gonna adna- acknowledge the fact that you spent last week about. trolling me? Well played, sir. Well played. Yeah. All of a sudden, all those Arthur Christmas posts are popping up, and I was like, <laughs> I was on the beach. I was on my phone. You know, the tis a podcast like notifications are going off. I'm like, what did they post? And I was like, oh, that. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what I called you in my. <laughs> In my head, because it's we not family friendly. Some I was like, "Oh, that Tom." That's all. <laughs> yeah, MBD. Big deal, MBD. I will say, I'm I'm pretty impressed at the amount of people who ended up <laughs> chiming in with their favorite Adam Sandler you gotta, you kids on Twitter love, just bro. to troll the, the heck out of me. <laughs> oh. It is. It's just Sorry. love. That's all. Uh, yeah. If you want to get in on some epic trolling when we have the opportunity, be sure to follow us on social media. You can find Tis the Podcast at tisthepodcast.com slash Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group, Instagram, or or Reddit. Or you can give us money at tisthepodcast.com slash Patreon. We've got our new Christmas cards getting ready to get to be sent. So get your subscription in. So you can get that or pay as little as a dollar a month and get access to bonus content galore. Which Halloween may be over, but there's plenty of bonus content coming up on Patreon, not Halloween related. Uh, We have Christmas stuff and Thanksgiving stuff coming and... I know at some point in November, because I posted it as a joke on in our Facebook group, but lots of people were really on board. So I'm going to try to organize a Hallmark movie drinking game live watch for Patreon After Dark. Oh, man. So keep your eyes open for that if you want to tune in and join. Which a lot of you seem to want to, because you're all Julian alcoholics, Thomas, just like myself. You're not <laughs> Condone alcoholism or drinking? What? To excess? 
So if you decide to do that, that's between <laughs> you and Anthony. Next week. <sighs> what? Um, well, before we get to next week, if you want even more content, uh, tune into our Thursday bonus episodes. I wrote a Christmas book, and I can guarantee you the story is better than this piece of garbage we covered tonight. It's called Another Christmas Story, and every Thursday, a new listener or a new podcast host, somebody reads a chapter of my book to y'all, and it drops in your feeds in audio form. Uh, this past week, you got two episodes because I forgot to get one scheduled while I was in Aruba. So you get one read by the awesome Danielle and Jackie of the No More Late Fees podcast, and you get one read by yours truly, the author himself, the ladies' man of this podcast, the ladies' choice, Anthony Caruso. I'm glad to be back. So to check it out. Content, and I am beyond stoked oh, for I next week's it. episode where we cover the Ted Lasso Christmas. But uh, it's not a special; it's just an episode. With our buddy, McLean Slaughter. Mm -hmm. The next week, we're watching Next Stop Christmas. I have no idea what that is, but it sounds like a pile of garbage. Uh, Next Stop Christmas is a brand new Hallmark movie coming out this year, starring Christopher Lloyd and Leia Thompson, both from Back to the Future. So that should be fun. Y'all, this is getting too too. All right. This is getting too, had me. too easy. Um, Had me at Christopher Lloyd. Christmas. There are only 1,320 hours left before the big day. That's 55 days. Seven weeks. Uh, time can slow down yep. now, you y'all. Know what else? You time, know what else Thanksgiving's like three weeks away. The recording of oh the three weeks away. Because I'm editing. Bye! Merry Christmas, everyone! Away!